Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today is an episode that is based off a post that I put up a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago at this stage in relation to kind of what people focus on when they're trying to lose weight and what they really should focus on when they're trying to lose weight. So if you think about every time that you try to lose weight, what's the first thing that you go to? you look at increasing your exercise. That's probably the first thing that you try to do. But especially if you haven't been exercising before, you start. If you have kind of, if you've already incorporated, if you've already incorporated kind of regular activity into your week, then you ramp it up, either increasing the intensity, the frequency, or both, or you go very, very hard at the beginning and can't keep it up. So maybe you'll start going from zero to 10K or zero to couch to 5K or 10,000 steps a day, or maybe you'll jump in an extra cardio class or you'll join a gym, or perhaps you'll even join a PT studio or you'll start doing a weight program, a weight training program. And this approach is really, really common from what I can see. And this is a solution that's often promoted by the fitness industry. And that's, that looks at why there's so many boot camps, like real fad diets out there, particularly in the kind of build up and lead up before holidays and summer, etc. And the only thing that's likely going to happen when you focus on just exercise as a weight loss strategy, you'll either become injured, burnt out, learn to hate exercise and get really fed up and get beat yourself up for not being able to stick with it. Now, that's probably something that you can identify with from the other things that you've tried. Think of the 1st of January, how many times you go straight to exercise rather than looking at what you can do. So if we look at it realistically, exercise plays a really, really small role in weight loss. While I always suggest that regular exercise or movement is a really, really important of being healthier in life, too many people focus on exercise as a way of losing weight rather than focusing on a way to be healthier, fitter, stronger. See the the, the change in the mechanism, change in the output. But if you think about it, exercise only really counts for about three percent of the weight loss equation and that's like three percent so in order to kind of if you think about it this way you only spend roughly about say if you're training i don't know five hours a week but whatever it may be that's a rough example i'm not telling that's but i'm not prescribing that i'm not whatever it may be but if you're training five days a week or five hours a week, that's you spending 3% of your week exercising. So if you do the math, that leaves you with 163 hours left. So 168 hours in a week minus 563, which is the remaining 97. So it's even less if you are doing three sessions a week. Majority of my clients that I work with on a daily basis have families, stressful jobs. Exercise isn't something that comes naturally to them maybe, and maybe isn't seen as a massive priority. And it's about incorporating that into their life. So three sessions or two sessions a week is more than enough for a lot of my clients when it comes to weight training or their classes or whatever it may be. That genuinely, people think that we need to have endless, endless, endless amounts of cardio and endless and endless amounts of the gym, but they don't focus on whatever it else is. So what is this strategy that we talk about when they talk about the 97-3 weight loss strategy? Most people focus on the 3%, which is the exercise, and forget the other 97%. And they wonder why they can may struggle. You need to give your attention to that 97%. 
instead of just relying on the 3%. So what's the 97% that you need to focus on? I'm gonna, from listening to the podcast, from listening to me ramble for a long time about things, five years, yeah, five years, I think, nearly five years of the podcast, yeah, four and a half years of the podcast, what's the thing you need to look at? If you know me, the answer is habits and mindset. If you think about it, your habits and mindset are the probably the most influential things on your weight, on why you do things, why you don't do things. And that's because these subconscious thoughts, beliefs or patterns of behavior end up running your life and dictating what you do. No amount of good intentions, no amount of willpower, no amount of determination can override why we do things. Which is why it's so important to ensure the habits that you have will support your long-term habits. Most people when have several keystone habits when it comes to them that prevent them from losing weight. They control your life, they produce a kind of like a domino effect. And the key habit you will lead that will lead you to engage in lots of other habits. So one of the big things that happens is that people can sabotage their efforts from not having a plan, not planning any meals, letting emotion emotions override if they don't know how to deal with them, getting poor sleep, getting having poor stress management techniques. So one of the big things that a lot of people can have is having a diet mindset. So one of the main factors in behind kind of one of the keystone habits that a lot of people can disrupt them is having a diet mindset. So what does this look like? And it's a lot more common than people realize. So subconsciously or consciously, I want you to like tick these off in your head. You believe that diets are the only answer? Jumping from one diet to another thing is gonna fix the problems? Always looking for that quick fix? Taking an all or nothing approach? Feeling guilty around food? Believing that there are good or bad foods? thinking you need to cook calories or deprive yourself of a certain food, not celebrating your non-scale wins because you only look for the scales, focusing on the end result and not what you need to do on a daily basis and putting a timeline on your weight loss, which is one massive factor I think a lot of people don't realize that sabotaging them is the is the time frame. I see it all the time when clients come to me and they fill in the, the welcome, the, 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 the form to kind of book in a welcome call. They're kind of like, well, I want to lose 10 kg in three months. I'm kind of like, that's not going to really happen. We can go very restrictive, but do you want to improve your relationship with food or do you want to go on a fat loss phase? And I'm kind of like, there's only really one answer. And they're kind of like, I need to improve my relationship with food. And I'm like, okay, so that's going to take a little bit longer than you believe. Are you okay with that? And sometimes you get bite back saying, I, I, I just want to lose weight. I'm like, okay, so that's okay. But I might not be the coach for you if I don't feel the habits. And I'm okay to say that. I'm okay to walk away from someone I don't feel that my approach will work with them. But I would say 95 or 97% of people that I talk to on a daily basis or on those welcome calls understand where my philosophy has come from. And I understand what my philosophy and my intentions are with them. Another thing that kind of kind of sabotage people's thing is, unfortunately, a lot of people can suffer with low self-worth. What mean what this can mean is so if you hang on, if you look back at those having a diet mindset, how many of those have you ticked? 
I would be surprised if the vast majority of people listening to this wouldn't have ticked probably over half, unfortunately, having that diet mindset. The next one is having low self-worth. That's not believing yourself that you're worth investing in, not setting goals because you don't think you'll achieve them. You won't even bother putting up with toxic people in your life and, tr- and that have been treating you badly, engaging in emotional eating to fill a void, to not be not being able to cope with the emotions and believing it'll only be worthy when you lose weight. So a lot of that will trigger people as well. Then the next one is lack of confidence, doubting yourself and ability to lose weight, comparing yourself to others, worrying what other people think of you, trying to control what other people think you and events around you. And sometimes that can be projected onto a scales. I genuinely mean that. So if you think about when people are saying, well, I get annoyed when the scales doesn't go down, it's kind of like, well, you're trying to control it. You're trying to control what a piece of plastic does for you. So think about it that way. But ultimately what you're trying to do is what that number, what you make that number mean is what you think other people will think of you. Or think of it in other situations, if you're out for meals and you feel that you're maybe not in the best shape that you may feel you want to be in and you are sitting at the dinner table in a restaurant and you're panicking of what to order and one of the big things that can happen is it's kind of like what I want to have and what I should have and you feel that because if you ordered a burger and a chips or a lasagna or a carvery or steak and chips or whatever it may be that people you're with or the people around you in the restaurant will be like oh She's eating that, so she looks like that. That's the stories that you create for yourself, the belief system. And that's coming from something that's been taught to you. Somewhere along the lines, people have made comments about what you do, what you eat. And it's generally grandparents, parents, aunties, uncles. It's generally the people that are there to protect us that are ultimately not protecting us. It's not down to any fault with them. It's just down to maybe that they see themselves in a poor light and they're projecting onto you. That's generally what it comes down to. But see that lack of control, that trying to control what other people think and events around you, maybe coming down to a lack of confidence in your belief or your your ability to do things. Another thing that kind of come down to it is perfectionism. Trying to get everything right and, ber- and beating and berating yourself up for making mistakes. But if you think about it this way, I'll always use the example of a toddler trying to walk. They'll fall down, get back up, have a laugh, have a cry, whatever it may be. But they'll get back up. Somewhere along the line, you've lost that. That inability to just go again. Because we react emotionally. We don't use perspective. Believing that there's going to be a perfect weight loss journey. I have never seen a client in well over a thousand clients at this stage that has never had something crop up, whether it be kids getting sick, whether it be holidays, whether it be nights out, whether it be weekends away, whether it be weddings, christenings, communions, funerals, stress, sickness, something else happening, injuries, whatever it may be. I have to say that weight loss is not linear. Life is not linear. But that belief system that you think everything's going to be perfect or that the weight loss journey is going to be perfect is what the issue is. It's the belief system. It's not the weight loss journey. It could be. It could be the tactic that you're using. But often it's the expectation that you're going into it with. Of that pressure of like, this has to be the last time. Being afraid to try new things in case you fail. 
there's different methods for different people in relation to how things can work you don't have to count calories some people like counting calories some people don't want to do that some people like meal prep and cooking some people don't like it so some people don't warrant it some people want to enjoy their weekends more some people don't there's different tactics that you can use for different people so in the whatever 360 episodes at this stage there's many different tactics that have been used or have been suggested but my guess is implementation is the issue because you haven't got the tools or the wherewithal at the minute to implement some of these strategies for yourself another thing is a thing called procrastinating how many times have you procrastinated about going to the gym like i really really before i came on here i was at the gym i really really didn't want to go i've haven't gone to the gym since i came back from amsterdam i've because the pre-season or not pre-season season has three or three games left and when i kind of came back i was like i was really really tired after coming back and i decided on myself right i'm just gonna focus on my sleep my nutrition and do a couple of runs just to kind of keep the car the, the cardio up for myself and i think that's really really worked for me i didn't want to go to the gym today but the hurdle for me was i didn't want to go to the gym today because i was feeling a little bit sluggish today sleep was okay last night nutrition was okay it was just really really full on yesterday with work so i'm glad i went and i'm glad that i didn't procrastinate because generally what procrastinates procrastination is coming from and where it's derived from is that feeling of not feeling safe that control in the scenario of caring what other people think not feeling safe or looking like a failure to other people or looking like a failure in general so procrastination is a huge element behind things so it also comes back to if you listen back to episode 361 on values and weight loss you'll look at it from a, say, a point of view of what John Martini says and was you'll always do what you value more so if you value sitting on the couch more than going to the gym that's okay but you have to ask yourself am I not going to the gym because I don't like it or am I not going to the gym because of what other people are thinking and one sentence I heard I can't remember where I heard it was either I can't remember where I heard it. It was kind of like, are we that superficial or arrogant that everyone else in the world or everyone else in the gym is really caring what you do on a daily basis? Now, that hurts. But are we that self-absorbed? And now that's going to annoy someone. And I'm okay with that. If it annoys you, it's right. If it annoys you and it's landed with you, it means it's, it's, it's hit home. And if you're offended, that's even better because it means it's resonated with you. Another thing that can happen with people is they become a people pleaser. Trying to please everyone so they can be loved and accepted. Typical example of doing everything for everyone else. Like the family doing everything for us rather than asking for help. I had a massive win with one of my clients this week. And she's been with me for five or six weeks. She's been taking along nicely with her journey and her eating habits and patterns. And one of the big things was making sure that when she gets home from doing the school run, is having something to eat, that that will reduce her chances of picking in the evening. But one of the other things that she said when we were talking about things a little bit more was that her partner or her husband kind of said to her, "Is like, you're doing an awful lot for everyone else. I think you should go for a walk and take these half, this half an hour to yourself. And when she came back from that half an hour, she felt like a different being, different person. So her husband takes the two, three times a week and she notices his mood when he doesn't do it. And now he's noticing her mood when she's not doing it. 
and it was a huge it was a hugely beneficial and beautiful moment between the two of them because that support that network that leaning on other people is a hugely beneficial thing and a hugely beneficial thing for people because we feel supported we feel needed our needs are being met and valued but we haven't had that for so long if you're looking for a people pleasing background and now she's absolutely smashing it she knows that that little bit more planning for herself planning in the couple of walks she's getting in over the week meeting up with a friend for a walk once a week is aiding her mental health it's something that she values and it's 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 leading by leading the charge her kids are starting to ask for to go out for walks now as well with her so she's leading the charge everyone wins and sometimes she says no i'm going to go on my own and that's okay but that's a boundary set people are afraid to say boundaries or to have boundaries because they believe it's selfish but nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with being selfish if it's bringing if it's helping you so like other things is feeling guilty about putting yourself first what makes everyone else better than you but i don't feel good enough what's good enough to find good enough most people can't describe what good enough means so if you say i'm not good enough well what's good enough if you can't describe it how do you know that you're that well you just know it's like no you, you don't it's a sentence because you don't know you're they, you haven't been taught how to do your emotions or how you're feeling about yourself through no fault of your own there's no fault of your parents or your grandparents whoever raised you so no wonder we can't describe things about ourselves having trouble saying no to other people but the good news is, is that changing that one habit just that one habit can really help you support your journey and drastically change things mentally physically everything for example if you got rid of that diet mindset then you automatically get rid of the habits that are associated with that which means getting rid of the belief system around good or bad foods that gets rid of the system about jumping for the next quick fix ruling out cutting certain foods bankrupting yourself by banking too many calories not celebrating your small wins only going on the scales those things get dropped and you move that one step closer to your goal too many people focus on weight loss and not enough on what you need to do to get there and the first step to needing to get there is changing your mindset everyone can lose weight but often what's blocking them is the habits obviously what's sometimes what's blocking them is the systems they have in place or lack of system sometimes what's blocking them is the people pleasing sometimes blocking them is perfectionism lack of confidence and obviously if you're someone who has struggled to lose weight in the past and that whole i've i'll never lose weight i've tried every diet under the sun you're not to blame the system you undertook was to blame it's kind of like starting to drive your car but you're if you go for those quick fixes it's kind of like having your tires slashed before you start to drive it was never going to end well repeat the same pattern over and over again that chips away your confidence that chips 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 away one thing that can also help help not help people is the whole element of stress your body can like when people say stress causes weight gain it's not because of the stress it's because of the habits that are linked to it it can increase your appetite or it can reduce your appetite if you're stressed you go into comfort mode your brain kicks into safety mode and says i associate sugary salty foods with keeping me safe when i get stressed so that's why we might pick that a little bit more for ourselves. it can contribute to poor sleep which has a knock-on effect of our poor habits etc etc poor sleep 
like there's people the studies showing people who got eight hours of sleep compared to those who get four hours of sleep the ones who got four hours of sleep may consume 560 calories extra a day now if you multiply that by seven about 3700 calories or so give or take extra so we know that takes for every one pound of fat to gain it takes about an extra three and a half thousand calories so you can see how it can add up quite quickly if your poor sleep can slow down your energy which will make you reduce your exercise it can increase your appetite and it can create more fatigue and make you drop things and go back into your lowest form of training rather than relying on a system so when people say it's harder to lose weight when we get older it is and it isn't and what i mean by it is or what it means by it isn't it isn't your metabolism unless you've got a thyroid issue and once you get your medications right it's fine but your metabolism doesn't go down until you're about 60. i think it goes down by like 0.6 percent so it's not a huge huge amount but what generally happens is priorities have changed you might be at a certain age when the kids need to be looked after your sleep is poor you might be going through perimenopause which can impact your sleep your cravings your mood your appetite your anxiety levels all these different things so it's less about your age and it might be down to priorities it might be down to kind of hormonal fluctuations with your body but it's generally not down to your age it might be just a different chapter in your life alcohol consumption can be a massive one as well because it can not that they're i don't like the word empty calories but they can be quite calorie dense or calorific and they can lead or lead to poor food choices poor sleep so they've actually blocked your sleep increased hunger poor digestion um and these can have a knock-on effect for a couple of days afterwards because you might think well i've blown my diet it's like no, you haven't blown your diet but too many people try to cut out alcohol as a way to lose weight and i'm going to do an episode on that in a couple of weeks and that will hopefully help a few people but generally i don't think cutting out alcohol to lose weight is very very beneficial so what do you do after as soon as you go back into it yes it's grand in the short term but if your goal is long term i'm all for people like if they have weddings and stuff they want to get into the best shape they can or summer holidays or whatever that's fine but a lot of the people i work with on a daily basis are looking for long-term longevity so working on your habits will help you an awful lot more so what it, what we need to look at what about your kind of your food and your nutrition it's massively true that food and nutrition plays a massive role in your overall health and what you weigh and how you feel etc so we all know that if you're eating really really high high processed food or calorie dense food an awful lot you're going to feel a little bit more sluggish feel a little bit more lethargic and over time that can lead to weight gain through the the amount of calories and extra calories that it will have but if you're focusing on a little bit more of a wide range of foods having that balance of 80 20 more whole grains more protein more fats more veggies those side of things well then you will feel better energized and put the habits and behaviors behind it so if you have a really really strong diet mindset for example you will follow diets which means restricting your calories to the point of mass destruction following meal plans detoxes cleanses cutting food groups and all that things can use the language of i'm going to use the language that most of people would use which is fall off the wagon or overeat or inverted commas binge eat then this leads to the whole thing of continuing to restrict your food to undo what you've already done and you keep repeating that same vicious cycle over and over and over again 
which means that you'll struggle to lose that weight. But if you actually work on the diet mindset that which is probably directing you and learn to find food that nourishes you, that gives you the energy, having the odd soul food, the food that gives you support and the food that makes you feel good for the soul, you will you will break that cycle. Once you break that cycle and when you do, not like it will change your life. I had a conversation with one of my clients this morning and we were talking about the the mindset they were had about kind of like perfectionism and control and stuff. And we were kind of talking about it and it took a while for it to land from where I was coming at. So I tried different deliveries, I tried different deliveries and how to kind of break it down and kind of say, right, this is why we're doing this, this is why we're doing this. And we're focusing on one thing at a time rather than trying to overwhelm them because that never works. So we were focusing on one element of this belief that they didn't, they were a new parent going back into work for the first time that this whole thing of that, that they may not have had time. And I was like, okay, so you're really, really tired at the minute uh, because of work, your kid's going to crash and they're you're kind of picking up bugs the odd time as well. And one of the big things that we changed was rather than kind of not getting your shop in until Tuesday or Wednesday, we created a system that they're getting their shop in on a Saturday or a Sunday. So that may seem like quite basic or whatever it may be, but this is genuinely set them up for the week. They knew exactly what they're having for the week, so they had a system in place. Then the other thing that they tend to do is that they started to count calories. We didn't count calories for the first long, long time. And what they're doing now is they're entering in the information at each evening for the next day so that they can see what they're having, allow wiggle room and spot where they can have those soul foods. So that's two things. The other thing is because the time was short that they had, we did hope we focused on kind of a mixture of home workouts and gym workouts. So all we did was we changed our training days from a Saturday to a Saturday rather than focusing on a Monday to a Sunday. What that allowed them to do was get one up on the week on a Saturday have one ticked and fit one in for the rest of the week. That took the pressure off them. They had this belief system they need to train three or four times a week because they were comparing themselves to when they were in their 20s, when they were potentially at their strongest. So we took a step back, changing that they're a little bit more planning, changing, taking the pressure off and saying, right, we've got one in on a Saturday, so now we just get another one in the next seven days. And then they're focusing on getting the walks in in the evenings and putting the kid to sleep. And then they're focusing on getting sleep in themselves. That way it creates lower stress levels, more energy for them, focusing on things that can help. Now they might feel like subtle changes, but it got rid of that kind of the, the, the diet mindset, that perfection mindset, that control mindset that are all linked from those two or three different things. May that, that may not work for you, but that has worked for that client because we open had open conversations about things and accepting that they had perfection tendencies and that control thing that really, really hit home for them. It took a while to accept it and change it. But when they have, look at their look at what they're doing now. And that kind of thing is down. I'm not even going to put the number up. But if you also, another thing that can help or another thing that people do is they use food to manage stress or soothe or numb their emotions. And that's been taught or been learned or as a learned coping mechanism. And that's, an, that's a big chance that you're overeating. Instead of actually trying to figure out what's going on 
the, the 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 solution that they have is a lot of people can do is let's continue to numb the emotions rather than actually deal with them and it can be uncomfortable like it's it's not i'm not going to sit here and say it's 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 easy i'm not going to say it's comfortable at all but if we know what you're feeling that's the first step if we know when it's happening my guess is most time in the evenings well then how do we create preventative tools for it to happen like we all overeat i don't know one person that doesn't overeat at some stage but if we focus on getting regular meals around throughout the day that person won't be as hungry in the evenings which will reduce the likelihood of them picking if they're picking still we look at when is it happening okay it's in front of the tv okay so what's happening in front of the tv well, I need to have something to, to eat. Okay, well, what are we having? Oh, I'm not even aware of what I'm doing. Okay, so then we were like, okay, so then we try and change the mechanism again. Okay, so if you're eating in front of the TV, I want you to turn off the TV. And they're like, well, I want, I want to enjoy my program. It's like, well, you're not being present. It's distracting you from being able to be present with the food. It's literally hand to mouth. But if you turn off the TV and actually put say it's the chocolate for example, put one square of chocolate onto your tongue, suck it rather than, or let it melt on your tongue rather than eating it, and I guarantee it will fill you for longer. Pausing and implementing that pause will really help you. Or you could use the hold system. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Pause and check in and say, right, what's going on with me right now? What do I need? What does Susan need? What does Mary need? What does Siobhan need? What emotional need is not being met right now? I don't feel safe. Why do I not feel safe? I had a really poor day at work. Why? What's wrong with me? I feel I feel judged or I don't feel safe or I feel anxious. What are you anxious over? That meeting in the morning. Okay, so you're feeling anxious about that meeting in the morning. Okay, great. So now we're able to name that emotion. Okay, so how is food going to solve this? It's not. Okay, so why do we go for food? Because we don't like how we're feeling. Okay, so what can we do? We'll pause. We'll take a big deep breath in, in through the nose, out through the mouth, and check check in on ourselves again. Is that anxiousness is that anxiousness still really really high, or is it a little bit lower? It's calming. So go again. See the implementing that pause is is because those feelings. If you ever notice those emotions that you have, they're never constant. They only rise up. They're like a wave. They rise up and they crash back down. It's a thing called urge surfing. Is what it's called. It's about getting to that peak of that wave and letting it sink back down and getting past it. But you need to use, you need to get someone to help you with that. You don't try that on your own. So the bottom line is that you need, in order to get the results that you're looking for for the rest of your life, you need to change your habits. No amount of starving yourself, no amount of exercise is going to get you to where you want to go with weight loss. Don't get me wrong, there are people who go hard and fast cutting back the calories etc and but that approach is a short-term solution they may have a holiday they may have a wedding but it's not sustainable but if you commit to that 97 percent of working on your habits behaviors emotions etc i can guarantee you it's unsexy as hell like i the, the, the 97 weight 97 weight 97 three weight loss strategy isn't sexy it's not as sexy as it might sound and the, the 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 outlier of this but i've helped countless people address habits work on habits over the last five and a bit years over a thousand people that have left 
me and graduated me and said, right, I feel I'm much in a better place with food. I'm better able to go. It's impacting my family. Now I've got more control for myself. I've dropped perfection. I've dropped the diet mindset. I'm I'm able to enjoy exercise as a uh, as a way to help myself rather than seeing it as a negative a way of burning calories. So if you've enjoyed this episode on the 97.3 weight loss strategy, pop me a DM. Leave a review up on iTunes. Leave a review up on Spotify, wherever you listen to it. Pop me a message if you've enjoyed it. Share it up in your story. If you have any questions, let me know. And if you're interested in coaching, click on the link in the show notes.